0: Welcome to Brown Boy Chronicles. We are a trio of Brown Boys, and this is season six. Tune in as we discuss the latest trends, culture, bits of philosophy, all intertwined with our Brown upbringing and a slew of guests who are putting on for the community and culture. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to another episode of Brown Boy Chronicles. This is episode five. This is your co host, Lucky. This is Harvey. This is KB.
2: And today for this episode as you guys know we like to bring on South Asian individuals who are pushing boundaries in various different industries representing our culture so please help us welcome our special guest today Sukhvinder Singh he goes by the stage name
3: Real Sick What's up what's up how you guys doing
1: We're good bro we were just talking about this that um he's about Harvey like before you joined that he's about to head to a studio session and ask him if we could come
0: he said <laughs> sure Yo, yeah, the studio vibes are—they're sick. Is it like a professional studio? Like you're renting it out? Like the?
1: No, no, no.
3: I so I knew this guy since, uh, like, high school. Since he, you know, had like a very basic setup with like a mattress in the corner, and that's where we recorded. And then now he has like his own, you know, big professional studio. So yeah, that's where I record.
1: Maybe we should start from the beginning. Real sick, like why are you going to the studio session? What are you about?
3: <laughs> well, I started rapping when I was like eight years old. So I'm trying to I'm trying to see where it like started. Maybe because like, all right, so growing up in America after 9-11, <laughs> if you were sick, was pretty like, you know, you had to kind of you had to address your identity right away. You know what I mean? And just being sick in general because I was the only kid in my school with the butka on. You have to kind of embrace the fact that you stand out or you have to like try to fit in, and I never Where were really... you raised Jersey I oh, was okay. raised in Jersey, yeah, so I never I never really liked fitting in or tried to fit in. you know, I would see other like Indians around, try to like fit in and some people that just were being who they were, you know, I grew up in Sikhi, so I was very proud of that fact, you know what I mean, and I kind of had to address that early. And then also dealing with racism, getting in fights a lot. And I was a very like uh, reactionary kid because of that. You know what I mean? So I just always felt like I was fighting back. And then when I heard hip hop for the first time, it kind of gave me the same vibe. I kind of connected to it a little more than I connected to Punjabi music, because at the time, the only Punjabi music I heard was, you know, it was like a love song or like about, you know, Dado Pique, Dado like I'm like a fucking eight years old. I I can't relate to that. You know what I mean? So like, but then uh, the first like real hip hop experience I remember at eight years old was my sister had just got 8 Mile from Blockbuster. Remember Blockbuster? Yeah. <laughs> so she, she brought it, she brought it over. Her friends were having like a sleepover or something and they put it on, and just the way the movie opened up with uh, Shook Ones" by Mobb Deep, and just hearing hip-hop in that light and then seeing the battle rap culture and, you know, all the music that was there, it kind of, like, connected with me more. So I wrote my first rhyme after that.
1: Do you remember the rhyme?
3: Uh, I just remember uh, the first line was, like, walking down the street ain't missing no beat or something like that. <laughs> it was, like... It was whack as hell. I don't remember. I didn't I didn't know what bars how to count bars. So I would just I would just say something and then just rhyme with it. And then I wouldn't continue to rhyme with it. I would kind of just go <laughs> on to the next I, I had no idea what I was doing.
0: Who teaches you that kind of stuff, like bars and stuff like that? Yo, because like I feel like it's like what you have to go by, like eight count, right, and then sixteen count. Like no, it's kind of it's kind of like a bar is kind of just what
3: a line is in a song, and it's dependent on the BPM. You know what I mean? So like, uh, this the four count. That four count is is a is a beat. But then in like a trap instrumental, your four might be a little one, two, three. It might be a little slower. You know what I mean? So like, it all depends on that. It's the four count. That's how I remembered it. You know what I mean? The four count of the beat, and then it also depends how you're rapping. Because then, if you're rapping fast on a slow beat, it might be a one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. It, it depends on something yeah. like that. That was that that wasn't too hard for me to figure out. I kind of just like, and it kind of goes into the history of what I was saying because I started doing my hip hop history, I guess, around like fifth, sixth, like 2005, 2006. Um, one of my friends his dad went to New York a lot and when he'd come back, he'd bring back like they had DVD stands and shit over there. So they had the smack DVDs, you know, with battle rap and shit. And then they also had like these hip hop documentaries. There's one called the artist 16 bars. It's like mad old. That was one of the first ones I watched. And then just, I got introduced to LimeWire too. So I was like, (laughs) any name, any, any like name that I heard, I would just have to LimeWire it and try to like, you know, figure this shit out i was just so fascinated by hip-hop
1: dude that used to be so fun just like trying yeah, to search yeah, for right? music on limewire like nowadays like Rick streaming Lone, yo streaming kind of took the fun away from it like back then yeah. you had to like search like what was popping on your own obviously you know you're yeah. main shit but it was so awesome when you just fucking find something that's none of your friends knew like and then you share it with everyone now it's exactly. like everyone's late i'm always late to the party bro like kv and all yeah. of them are ahead of the game bro <laughs>
3: Yeah, there was no Twitter or anything. Nothing was like trending. You had to kind of just hot so new hip hop,
0: yo.
1: You like how hop.
0: I used to yeah. just scroll through two hot dope new
3: boys. Yeah, two dope boys was another one I went to. Yeah, so like I was just learning about hip hop, and I was I was listening to more of, you know, how hip hop started, and I think I just got that mentality because I grew up around a lot of older people. You know what I mean?
0: Are you Tupac over Biggie or Biggie over Tupac?
3: No, Pac over Biggie. I'm the same way. Biggie's cool. He got. You know, he was good with flowing and stuff. And his songs were great. Like, And he's a legend. I would never disrespect him. But Pac just had more substance to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pac was more versatile to me than than Biggie was.
2: So as a young kid, did you channel all... You said you got in a lot of fights and everything. So you just channeled all your energy toward battle rap once you started getting into hip-hop and stuff?
3: No, battle rap kind of came later. Um, Oh, okay. I've been rapping, like I said, since I was eight. And then I, I got into the studio for the first time. When I was like thirteen, I was the only like Indian kid. Like I
1: said, like Wait, how do you finesse that at thirteen? Studio years at thirteen? Yeah.
3: Well, my my one of my boy's cousins, he, he had a studio in Newark.
1: Like a basement studio or like a professional studio?
3: Nah, it was like in his room. You know what oh, I mean? Shit. But he had he had all the good equipment. It was just in like a project building. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like a professional studio or anything, but. <laughs> At the time, I was getting introduced to the concept of like an MC versus a rapper, right? Like you have all these different kind of rappers, fast rappers, slow rappers, battle rappers, performers, love song makers, whatever. Right. And an MC is supposed to be able to do everything. Right. So that's kind of how I started developing my style was I wanted to be able to just you could put on any kind of beat. You could have any kind of topic, you, acapella doesn't matter. I should be able to know what to do. You know what I mean? So like, that's where battle rap kind of came in. Battle rap. I never really wrote battle raps until my first battle, which was so like in ninth grade. By then, so everybody in my grade knew I rapped, right? And it was this big, this big deal. Oh, the Indian kid that raps, right? <laughs> it was like there was no, there was nobody else, and it would. I would always get doubted, which was funny because, like, there's examples of other races in hip hop. So, like, even if like a white kid said he rapped, you have like Eminem. So, they're like, all right, maybe he could. If a Hispanic kid said he rapped, you got Big Pun and Noriega and all of them. So then he's like, all right, let's give him a shot. But then every time I said I rapped, there was no example. So, it wasn't, let me hear something. It was, yeah, right. You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, I always kind of had that mentality writing to like, prove people wrong kind of thing. But I never, I would always like rap and have punchlines like about myself. I never really aimed them towards anybody, right? So then in ninth grade, you know, new school, cause now it's ninth to 12th, right? And nobody, the upperclassmen don't know about me, but my grade does, right? So we had a lot of rappers in my school. So you would get like caught in a cypher just walk into class, like you'd see some people rapping, or like the lunchroom every day, there was ciphers, you know what I mean? And,
0: yeah. um, what school were you at? So,
3: in North Brunswick, in Jersey. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah. You went to New Brunswick High? No, North Brunswick High. Oh, okay, true.
3: New, New Brunswick was close. Yeah, there's a lot of Brunswicks. But, uh, I remember this, these upperclassmen came and they were like, yo, we heard you rap. Like, let me hear something. So I rapped. And then they started rapping, but they were like rapping at me instead of just rapping. Right? They weren't. It wasn't like personal attacks or anything. They were just rapping at me, so it looked like they were battling me. That was like my first battle experience. And all the rhymes that I had weren't battle rhymes. So I was like, "Fuck!" So I go home (laughs) for like a for like a week. I wrote I wrote this long like five minute battle rap, bro, (laughs) just to get prepared. (laughs) About a time. Next <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, like whoever, whoever, no, but it was specifically like, I'm going to use this against them because they were always like, you know, and then come to find out they weren't even real rappers. Like, one of the guys, I ended up challenging them like the next week at the lunchroom or something, or they tried something again, but I was prepared this time. So now I'm fucking destroying them. Right. And then I found <laughs> out one of the guys, one of the guys wasn't even a rapper. He was rapping like a Beanie Siegel verse on some like underground mixtape or something. And then the other guy had like one rhyme that he wrote, but then he never like did it. Like they weren't like real rappers, you know what I mean? But so
1: what is a real rapper in your eyes?
3: Somebody that practices the craft of rapping, whether that's, you know, making music or just putting bars together. And like I said, somebody that writes your own shit too. That's a big thing. You can't have somebody else writing a rhyme, like a rap for you. You know what I mean? Like songwriting, like singing is there's always this big debate with like singers and rappers and people writing their lyrics. When you're singing, the talent in singing is your voice. Mm -hmm. But the talent in rap is the words. It's not the voice. Nobody, nobody. Jada Kiss has a great voice, but that's not why he's a great rapper. You know, I mean he's a great rapper because of the words he's putting together, how he's rhyming, how he's deciding to put them into a rhythm, the punchlines, the double entendres, that wordsmiths, lyricists, that's what rappers are. So that has to be coming from your brain, or else you're not a rapper. You could be an artist. You know what I mean? You could be something else.
2: I agree with that because uh, my favorite artist is Lil Wayne. I think Little Lucky's is too, right? So, dude, there's old songs that you'll just be like, "What the fuck?" Like, I never knew that bar existed, or whatever that metaphor. That just blows your mind, dude. He was just ahead of the curve.
0: He doesn't write down anything either, which is fucking um, insane. Like everything is in his head. He's never like, I mean, I I don't know where I saw all this, but like, all this it's all it's like, documentary. He's never, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's never written down like anything, which is fucking insane. That's why, like, yo, right, like you, there's a. Like, crazy intellectual level too if you're a rapper i you're a yeah. very intelligent person like there's oh, they no got, got chat gpt that. in
1: their brain yeah like <laughs> right. because
0: like you can train yourself right like it's like so you've probably obviously been progressing over the years right and like yeah be- i didn't know it's so, like i always was very curious like it's like are you going to these battle raps and everything's pre-written or is it like freestyle or does it change like
3: well it's a it's a little change now so back in the day it was pretty much you know on the spot So you kind of just had to be ready for not even outside of myself. That's what all the old DVD battle raps were. It was people that they were rapping written shit, but they would throw freestyles in there. You know what I mean? Or like something about your shoes or, you know what I mean? It was a mix, but as battle rap got bigger and bigger, it turned into a business. Now I don't battle unless a contract is sent to me. And then this contract gets signed with, you know, time limits with the event you know oh, the date uh the accommodations where they're gonna put me in a hotel the the flight all of that shit it's an event people are buying tickets people are taking time out of their saturdays to watch this shit now and it's nine minutes of material standardly three rounds three minutes right and then the other guy got the same thing and it's an event now you know what i mean so like now they don't want you freestyling for nine minutes you know what i mean they want you <laughs> to like entertain people so the professional battle rap you'll have your rounds pre-written and practiced and all of that but if you're like rebuttaling something you know that's off the top if you take one of their lines and use it against them that's off the top you still the best battle rappers still do that but you know you still have to like this is material you could never use again like since I think I've probably had 31 battles I counted the other day or something and if each one Let's say 30, right? If each one is three rounds, that's 90 rounds, right? I don't even want to get into the minutes if each one is three minutes. That's a lot of material, right? And it's used once. There's no takes. It's not a studio. I can't say, oh, fuck, I messed up. Let me start over. You got to just say it. You can never use a line again, a concept again. None of that shit. It's all just producing new material you know what Sorry, I mean? not
1: to cut you off not to cut you off, but like this is where i feel like sometimes material does get used because i think when i hear battle rap and i mm-hmm. like i it's always about like shooting the ops and it's just always <laughs> about like
3: gunplay and shit <laughs> yeah. like
1: that you know i'm not trying to like put you like put battle rap down but to no, me no, it's nah, like, I know. a person that doesn't watch that shit like that is always about putting a cap in someone it's always just about like kind of the same shit in a way are you just more so talking about so when you say concept do you mean just like like for your battle raps in specific i think i watched your latest one that was in april like you had like i forget what you said it's it's something about the dna line or something it was a dna line related that that shit was kind of fire um so (laughs) no it was bro it was actually was fire um no it's just the way you said it
0: yeah just the way it's kind of fire it's fire
1: (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) my bad my bad nah i get what you're
3: saying um
1: so is that what you mean like you can't use like specific bars but if it came like if it came back to battle rapping him again you might have a unique way of like saying the same like shit about his like you know oh a, a well, well about-
3: look ba- battle rap is an attack it's gonna be violent because it's you versus another person you're not only trying to outsmart them like the wit and the or the or the or the, the smarts comes in you trying to predict what they're gonna say or like You're you're noticing certain things they do in their style. It's still like boxing a little bit to where you'll be watching the game tapes and be like, okay, if you talk when he raps, he fucks his shit up. You know what I mean? Like little things like that, you'll notice that. Or, you know, whenever he doesn't have his material all the way down, he'll look up instead of look at you like little things like that. You'll still notice, you know what I mean? But like, it's an attack. So it's going to be like that. It's going to be violent, but, I do agree that there's the repetitiveness and shooting somebody for three rounds is never like the best rappers in the world. the, The professionals, you know, the ones that get far and have longevity in this, they do more with three rounds. They don't only do that for three rounds. And if they do, they're doing it in a clever way to where it's like everything is, you're more so listening for the double entendre instead of, like his intention and in what he's saying. You know what I mean? Mm. You're listening to like, all right, my favorite so there's this guy named Rum Nitty, right? Um they call him the alien in battle, right? Because his mind is ridiculous. He every two lines he has like a crazy double entendre, right? So if he was battling this guy and it's a this is a they call him gun bars, right? About shooting. They call him gun <laughs> bars. So he was like, I wish this big dude tries to act live. Before I three fifty seven one, thinking he Shaq size. So this is the this is the plain meaning. Three fifty seven is a gun. Before I three fifty seven one, before I hit someone with a three fifty seven, thinking he's Shaq size. Yeah. yeah. Three fifty seven one. This is the double meaning. Shaq is three fifty seven one. <laughs> Thinking he's Shaq-sized. That's the double entendre right there. That shit
1: went over my head, bro. That's Yeah,
3: exactly. Exactly. So, But battle rap fans are kind of trained to hear shit like that. Yeah. So when you're listening to Rum Nitty, you're not thinking, all right, he's just shooting him for three rounds. You're thinking, (laughs) oh, shit, 357-1, 357-1. That's crazy. How did he think of that? Like, you have to be creative to get it across, you know? And then there's, there's the opposite, too. There's guys that won't use any gun bars. And in some environments, it works. But then in other environments, if you're like trying to break down your opponent and he's like, man, i knock you out. Like (laughs) That shit's out the window. The jokes, the whatever you're doing, like there's not that many people on either side that can do either one for three rounds and be successful. You kind of have to have some kind of attack. And, you know, there are people that fully mastered each side to where they can go three rounds feeling like you're still attacking without having to hypothetically shoot them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like it's you have still... to do a lot
0: of intel like in terms of like your opponent. Like you have to like really look into their background and all that kind of stuff. Or you just is it just face to face?
3: Um that more so happened when I was battling like people that were less known. I'm blessed enough to be on the biggest battle rap platform in the world. This is the one that you know URL the one that everybody watches all the celebrities come out too so these people that I'm battling like you mentioned Charlie Clips before um I think that was offline but I just battled clips in a two on two in yeah, Canada for um Pat stay rest in peace for his memorial event. And like I said, I battled Arsenal. I battled Pat Stay before. He's a legend. DNA is a legend. Uh, new Jersey Twerk is becoming a legend. He's a new guy that, like, not new. He came out in, like, 2017. But it's one of the most copied styles. You know what I mean? And we had Battle of the Year last year. Or the Top 5 Battle of the Year last year. New I Jersey battled... twerk? twerk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, but it means, like, the old meaning of Twerk before, like, <laughs> ass clapping and shit. What's the, like, what's the old yeah. meaning?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say like this is a little sussy, but I don't want to disrespect your no, boy. Like that. No, the
3: old the the old meaning was like when you're putting in work, like in the streets. Uh, okay, okay. That's where he got his name from, and then you know throughout the years it turned into something. Like <laughs> it, you know what I mean?
2: So before all of this, how did you go from just rapping in high school to actually professionally battle
3: rapping? Oh, yeah. So we skipped a, we skipped a bunch of steps. my bad.
2: Yeah, no, no uh, <laughs> I just wanna, I, I, before we actually talk about battle rapping, I want to kind of like, how did you turn it into like a career almost or like, oh, this is a way to like make money or this is a way that I'm like, oh, I really enjoy this and I really want to do it professionally.
3: So by the time I graduated high school, I had done a couple like live performances and not battles, just music. Yeah. Um me and my boys made like a mixtape or something and I would be getting into battles but they weren't like professional battles it was just you know around just battling. And then for the next like 3 years I was like rapping for fun but I wasn't like doing anything with it. You know what I mean? I was kind of just being a fuck boy to be honest. You know, <laughs> like I was just I was partying, I, I I'm you know what I mean? I I, I was young. I had no, I was, what, 17 at the time. Like it was always in my head. I'm going to be a rapper. You know what I mean? I just never thought of the way to get there, but it was always just in my head. Like I'm not going to work in a fucking cubicle. I'm not doing a nine to five. I'm not doing any of that shit. Like I'm going to be a rapper and I'm going to be the first sick rapper to blow up and all of that stuff. Right. It was always in my head, but yeah, like I said, I was young, so I didn't have a plan. I was just going through life. And then, you know, I had a wake up call, which I think probably everybody has the the difference between their immaturity to their maturity, um, basically to where I had to take more responsibility like in the house. Right. So I was like looking at all the things in my life and I'm like, all right, out of all the things I like doing, what has a future? So I ended up seeing this like flyer for a battle rap tournament. This is 2016, I think now. Um, I see this flyer for a battle rap tournament on U Dub, which is Arsenal. He's the most viewed battle rapper in the world. He has a battle league in New Jersey. So I was like, fuck it, let me just do this, right? I had a bunch. And again, like I said, I was prepared for anything. So I had a bunch of verses that I thought to myself, you know, if I ever battle, I would be saying lines like this. And I was still obviously a huge fan of battle rap. I'm hip-hopped out, like, that's all I listen to, right? Um, so I joined this tournament. I ended up winning a tournament. It was over, like, a couple months. Uh, it was, like, you know, one round in the beginning, and then you battle some people for three rounds or whatever. You were and nervous? that year...
2: You were nervous at um, all? Because like, it's your first time on stage, right? Because like, it's different than, like, a high school crowd, and, like, you're actually on a stage, right?
3: It's different because it's acapella. So, so I, but, again, I, I think cause I visualized that moment so much. Yeah. I wasn't as nervous as I should no have been. Spaghetti? I kind of just, nah, nah, I, I kind of <laughs> just like, I had battled before. So the only difference was the camera, you know what I mean? True. The thing, but the thing that I did notice was being on a stage with the light on and, you know what I mean? Everybody looking at the, like a being in a building where like Everybody stops talking and all the eyes look at you. <laughs> like, I did notice that that does give you nerves until you say your first line that gets a reaction. Then you get a little more comfortable. I was more comfortable with the a battle rap environment because all the battles I got into were, you know, face to face, like in the street somewhere. You know what I mean? They weren't like on a stage. So the only thing that I had to get used to was just being on a stage because there is the acoustics are different, right? Like the reaction isn't around you. It's kind of just coming from one side and you kind of have to like control the crowd versus the crowd just being there and listening, like professionally battling. And and I figured more out the higher up I got, but that was just my first reaction to that. So I wasn't nervous um, in that aspect, but I was like, I guess, anxious. Right. Mm-hmm. So ended up winning a tournament so for that year I I did maybe like four or five battles or something but from like 2016 to 2019 I got to a point to where I was stable enough in my regular life to where I was falling back in the trap of just doing rap for fun right I was battling here and there I wasn't like taking it serious and then um 2019 Lex Luthor, that's his name he's the owner of a battle league in Staten Island it's called i battle and uh he was like, okay, so U dub kind of also the, the league I started on where I won the tournament didn't really know how to produce talent. You know, what I mean they would kind of just see somebody that was talented and try to just give them a bunch of battles. And that's not how you produce talent, right? So that's that's another reason why I was kind of just here and there with battle rap. And then so Lex hits me up and he's like, Yo, why aren't you famous yet? <laughs> <I was laughs> like what do you I was like, what do you mean? He was like, Yo, you you just have to battle consistently and he was like yo i got i got a plan for you i'll give you a one round battle you do good i'll give you three you do good i'll give you somebody with a name and at this point i don't think i had really battled anybody with like a name you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i i just battled like random lower tier people right
2: this was just for free right he wasn't like offering you, a, like a percentage or anything he was just wanted to help
3: you right no cuz he's one of the so this is again one of the development leagues oh, right okay. like they have those leagues to where not developing in like that's all they do they throw events and they'll have big people over there but they're really good at producing talent yeah. you know what i mean and he he knows what he's doing with that so yeah so now we're in 2019 i'm like all right perfect i follow his you know suggestions i do a one-rounder destroy the dude it's on youtube it's called <laughs> it's, it's called uh real stick versus mr High that battle is actually such a body that they had to reverse our, our time. So in real life, I went second. It was a one-rounder. But he did so bad, they had to switch and make <laughs> me go first in the footage so people don't click out of it. You know what I mean? Uh, did a three-rounder. Um, I'm going to start saying the names of the battles in case people want to search them up on YouTube. Uh, real versus Sean O'Shawn. That was an eye battle. He was like a known guy over there. And then I battled, uh, killed that shit. And then I did this battle (laughs) with this guy named Excel, right? And that battle, it's a one-rounder. It's a dope feel. It's in like a backyard somewhere. It's like that old gritty feel. And that battle got me the call from URL to kind of have like a tryout battle over there. Now, again, URL is like if people remember the Smack DVDs back in the day, Smack is the host. Like, he's the guy that kind of, you know, like, he's the host now. You know what I mean? But he started this whole, you know, company, basically, right? This is the one, like I said, all the celebrities go to and reference and talk about. Like, it's the biggest battle rap company. And that's where every battle rapper is trying to go, right? So I get a call from one of them to do a tryout over there. That's Real Sick vs. Spade. It's on YouTube and I did amazing over there. And then I got a call to battle in London. This is all in 2019, right? So the first year I decided to take it serious, I ended the year with doing a tryout for URL and going overseas. That was the first time I got like flown out to battle somewhere. You know That's what I mean? Up. So that just showed me, you know, what the fuck was I doing this whole time? Like, <laughs> let me just focus on this, right? So then 2020 comes around, um, COVID hits, right? So now Battle Rap, just like a lot of places, took a hit because now you can't sell out venues, right? Mm-hmm. And they ended up doing this uh, tournament, another tournament, which is ironic, but it was like to introduce the new guys. And I was one of the new guys. It was called Ultimate Madness. Now, the rest of these battles are on the URL TV app that I'm going to be talking about, Um It's a subscription-based app. They used to be on YouTube a lot, but after like 10 years of free content, you know, they had enough to develop into having their own app, the first Battle Rap app and all of that stuff, right? Um, And we really like took the culture by storm because now Battle Rap was in this place where, you know, all the stars, it it was becoming more of a show than a competition. So like, The people that are super famous, people would come just to see them and they would only like cheer for them. And the battles were becoming more of like a reaction thing than a battle. You know what I mean? So now battle rap kind of reset because we can't have venues anymore. Only the staff is in the building. So now it's getting streamed. Uh, They also did a deal with the streaming service caffeine in 2020. Um, Drake sponsored the deal between them. He was a big part of the shit in the beginning, too.
1: He's always ahead of the curve.
3: Yeah. So that was like a huge thing for me because now battle rap had nothing to watch. And the only thing they could watch was us. You know what I mean? So it was like time to show out and it's being introduced in like a raw talent kind of way. Like fuck all the other intangibles. Can you rap? Because now since there's no crowd, nobody's getting influenced to react. You kind of just have to judge on your own. And it was It was a shift for battle rap, but it was also a great way to get introduced. So that was like my first year in on it um, was 2020. And then, you know, we could talk about the rest as we go on. But yeah, so that's how I ended up getting there.
0: Okay, we'd like to take a quick break for the sponsor of this episode. This episode is brought to you by Single to Single to is a community of marriage-minded singles looking for an alternative to the app scene when it comes to finding a true life partner. They cater specifically to South Asians living and working in the United States or Canada, and their approachable price point and relatability to their clients is what makes Single Dishadi different. They are not your parents' matchmaker. Use code BROWNBOY15 to get 15% off the intro package today. Now back to the episode.
2: So when you got to URL, I'm just curious how it works in terms of, do you get paid per event or do you get a salary or like... Is it like you're a roster and it's kind of like UFC and the, someone picks the fights, the events? Like how do the event structures basically go and like who gets to do what event, who who gets to do another event? Or do you have a choice in who you battle and stuff like that?
3: So URL, in the beginning of the year, they'll say, all right, let's, in these next 12 months, we're going to do, you know, six big events, right? The ones that sold out 25, five three hundred to three thousand people in the crowd like we're gonna do six of these we're gonna have six smaller events maybe like a thousand people you know what i mean we're gonna have three uh closed room battles events like they have their events in line basically yeah and as the events are going they'll call you especially if you're one of the people that you know if you express interest in battling or if you tell them yo um You know, I want to battle and be super active this year. Or if they just talk to the bigger names and they're like, who do you want to battle? And they give them a list, right? Like however they get the names. So the process would be they would call me. They would tell me the date of the event, what's in the budget and um, the time limits and all of that shit. If I agree to it, then they send you a contract. Once you sign the contract, you get your first half. Then you go to the event, you perform, and then you get your second half. So that's kind of the process of how it goes. So like 2021 is when I like skyrocketed. And that's, you know, I was very active that year. I think I did seven battles that year or something like that. And probably all of them were big. My first main event was that year. I main evented on caffeine. um, And and, uh, I was on the Super Bowl of battle rap, which is called Nome Night of Main Events. I battled, like, legends that year, so, like... Wait,
2: how do you spell that? How do you spell that? Nome, you said? N-O-M-E. Night of Main Events. Oh, Night
3: of Main Events, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that's, like, the Super Bowl of Battle rap. So, there's actually one coming up uh, on Saturday. I'm going to be out there. It's in Atlanta.
2: Night of Main
3: Events? Yeah, I'm not performing. I'm just going to hang out,
1: but, yeah. Wait, so let's take it back now that we got your full history. So, from the very beginning to now like from 20 I think you said 2019 when you took it seriously in those like three or four years when you're just trying to like figure it out what did your parents think of all of this like you know like I mean you're Punjabi at the end of the day you know how our Punjabi yeah. parents are they want you to find yeah. like a stable career like you know like how was your like parents like receptive of what you wanted to do or was there pushback or do you always have to fight with them and did you use that as an edge to like you know prove them wrong or what was like the dynamic there? they just
3: didn't get it at first. You know what I mean? Especially, like, to this day, my dad tells me he can't understand what I'm saying on stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, to this day, and then, you know, and they're super supportive now. You know what I mean? But I definitely think it took until I got to URL for them to be supportive over it. Because before, Punjabi parents especially, they're very, like, you know, rightfully, I guess, concerned for their kids. They just want them to go on the right path. So... I was doing enough, like I said, to be stable, but I wasn't like trying to graduate or what does
1: that mean, like doing enough? Like does that mean just like working and like you just know? Work, just take...
3: just working just working to where I don't need money from them. You know what I mean? Got me? you. And then like shit. So so that's what I mean.
0: Do you have a other career or is only bow rapping is like your only financial No, no.
3: I'm blessed enough to just do music and, and battle rap now. Oh so, wow. But yeah, so like at the time, yeah, I was working in like warehouses and fucking, you know, uh, I worked at like a target before, like it, like just whatever I could do to make money. And then also like side hustles and shit like that. But, um, they would always still push for me to like, yo, know, go to college, graduate, you know what I mean? Get a job. But it would always be like a pushback for me too, because I'm just not wired to be in that hamster wheel, you know what I mean? Of just every day waking up and, going to work for somebody else and being miserable. Like if I found something that I like doing, you know what I mean? That would be different. But like, I just never did. Like I, I had an experience where I tried to go to college and I didn't really align with anything. You know what I mean? Like I just don't think I'm wired for that.
1: Did you have like a sister or like a older brother? Like they would use like that has like a quote unquote normal career and then they use or, or are you like were well, you just yeah
3: I have I have an older sister and she was uh she was actually still in school at the time but she was getting like a higher education you know yeah. what I mean? so um they were never really like strict they were more like concerned or like uh inquisitive I should say mm. or, like what are you gonna do you know what I mean and then as far as like rap like I I didn't like show them my raps or anything yeah but they would know like when I go to the studio and shit like that but um yeah when they started seeing me on tv right that's when they were like oh this is like amazing you know I mean now they can't stop talking about me (laughs) every fucking event that they go to
2: so how did you I know you said you weren't nervous on stage but how did you develop your stage presence and when I like mean that it's like if someone's battling against you and they have like a fire bar, like they did a really good metaphor and the crowd's reacting to that bar. How do you Mm -hmm. keep like a straight face almost and like not react to that? Or have you, has there ever been a time where it's like you kind of have to react to that or like how did you develop your own stage presence and kind of authority on the stage?
3: It just so much is going on when you're on stage, man. Like you kind of just black out. You (laughs) actually, you actually don't really get to think until you stop rapping. But when the other person's rapping, you're not, you know, you you know how they say like boxers, when they're, when they're in the ring in in an actual fight, they're not really thinking they're kind of just reacting. So that's what the practice is for the practice of all the jabs and combinations that they do is. So the next time a punch comes this way, they know to go this way and throw this combination. So it's kind of the same thing. You're kind of just reacting up there.
0: I'm just going off intuition. Yeah. So
3: like, I'm not stupid. I could hear his words, but they're not like, they're not really registering the same because I have to go again. And I'm kind of just reading the room. You know what I mean? I'm more so just looking around and listening to how loud the reactions are. If they're often, if, it, if he's getting crickets, you know what I mean? Or if he just shook the room, you're kind of just, you have to stay in the zone. You can't think about it while you're in there. You know what I mean?
1: You got an Apple Watch. Have you like noticed like your heart rate increases? Like is it adrenaline or is it just like <laughs> you just like
3: Well, I I never I never turned on my Apple Watch. I actually thought of like you know, before my round starts being like, hold on, and like clicking out <laughs> or something. The it, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: No, that's what I would think. I feel like he's like talking about flow state. And I feel like it, when you go to that flow state, most of the time yeah. it's just adrenaline pumping yeah. through you. But he seems very calm on stage. it's definitely, so it's,
3: like- it's definitely adrenaline though, because but you have to find a way to control it. Like the best advice I ever got um from somebody who's like on stage a lot, my boy Nino Bless. I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's an incredible rapper. If you guys know Slaughterhouse, he was on the first yeah. Slaughterhouse song. Like he's he's well connected and everything. Um but he 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 always told me cuz it's the same thing for, you know, performers on stage in some aspects to where they're like when you go slow, like if you think you're going slow, go even slower than that and yeah. you're going to be going normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you have so much adrenaline going through you like all my beginning battles, bro. All you're seeing is a rush of adrenaline. I'm just Rah! you know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not controlling the energy. I'm kind of just fully just trying like a train you can't stop, you know what I mean? But like the more you do it and the, the bigger the opportunities get. You kind of have to just stay in a zone and you have to just focus on the what you have to do, you know what I mean, and the impression you want to leave and how you're gonna say the bars and where you gotta take your breaths, you know what I mean? Like Shit like that is what more so what you're focused on than what the other guy is saying.
2: I mean, but what if he like gets in your face? Because I've seen some battle raps where people get in your face and like well maybe like touch your hat or something. Like, what do you do then? Like, do you
3: that's like I mean, that's part of it too. But I mean, you know, most people will be, especially if you're battling like an aggressive guy, he'll be like right here. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I'll but but that's that's actually a trick to that is that's why I stand sideways. Because if you stand facing the person, they can, like, get in your face. But if I stand sideways in order to get in my face, you have to turn your back to the crowd, which is never good.
1: Wait, Is it kind of like a league, you know, like in UFC, it's all business at the end of the day? Because you're talking about it in a fight. You're applying pressure. But how do you draw the line of when it's just applying pressure for business versus applying pressure for personal shit, you know? like
3: Because, Because if it goes past rap, you don't get your second half. So Uh, everybody's everybody on there is trying to complete the objective and they're putting on a show. And yeah, before you go on stage, for the most part, these become your peers, right? Like I've been on URL for three years now. You're going to different fucking States with them. You're flying in. You guys are all in the same hotel. You know what I mean? Like you don't like tell them what you're going to say to them, but like you'll crack jokes until you battle. Like, don't go too crazy on me tomorrow or something, you know what (laughs) I mean, like, shit like that, like, it's, it's still a, it's still a, it doesn't really get serious, like, I would never want to battle somebody I actually hate, I wouldn't say hate, but, like, the, the only time I've really been mad at my opponent was the first time I main evented, it actually worked, I I was battling this guy named Mike P, Um, this is actually one of my most viral third rounds, I'll get to that, but, like, he was just talking so much shit, man. And I'm 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 very I'm very calm and humble and I try to just go through it. But he was talking a lot of shit, which is good for, you know, yeah. battle rap because you're promoting the fight. But um, you know, he was saying some shit about like you're not gonna exist anymore after this battle. And I was like, man, I gotta teach this dude a lesson. You know what <laughs> I mean? So but my third round, this was actually around the time the farmers protests were happening. So my third round, I kind of just took time out of it to talk about that shit. And that shit went, like, viral on Twitter. So that was a very important battle. But, yeah, the first two rounds, I kicked his ass, man. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I had to. That's the only time I've been mad. But my point is, every other time, you know, you you do, like, the face-off the day before. Mm -hmm. So when the cameras are on, it's not like I've never put on a fake. Like, I've never put on a front at the face-off and then turned it off and been like, yo, good shit. But I've seen people do that, you know what I mean? To where they'll argue and yell at each other and do all that. And the camera's cut off and they're like, yo, they're going to be hyped for this tomorrow. I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, but like, you know, if you watch all my face-offs, I, it's literally just calm. I'm just sitting there. I'm not an entertaining face-off, you know what I mean? But I'm an entertaining battle. Like that's where every the, the, the heights that I've reached so far is because of just skill.
2: I mean, some sometimes the most calming, like, face-offs are, like, the scariest because you're, like, the calm one and the other one's, like, coming yeah. at you or something. So, like, sometimes that's scary. Like, if you ever see a boxer and you just, like,
1: you know, just... You see it in the in eyes, reaction. bro. Yeah,
2: you see it in the eyes, so... Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: I got a weird-ass question, and I, I don't know, like, okay, so... <laughs> it's kind of like restraining the use of the n-word like in growing up you know in, in the gurdwara and all that shit dude we used to like i don't know if you I want know, to know
0: the... i want to talk about this too for sure. yeah like
1: growing up and or like i don't know if this is the same case for you uh, going at the gurdwara you know all the punjabi boys what you is know,
0: your just... gurdwara too also bridgewater bridgewater, oh, okay. bridgewater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. repping yeah. word word we're all blue mountain
3: nice nice
1: yeah so like you know growing up we'd all be you know just saying because you know we all listen to rap you know like you want to be like the person like you know emulating there was no malice we're not saying it with like any you know coming with any derogatory fucking intention term. yeah we're yeah. not saying it with any Weird. intentions we're just saying it just for the fuck of saying it obviously we didn't know any better when we were little like for you since you were with the shits very early on did you like innately like you yourself just knew like that's like a line i don't cross or did did someone have to like press you about it, like while you're rapping, sometime? And like, have you ever even slipped up, or now it's to the point where you just know, like, that's not me? I like, what was like, is there a story behind that, or yeah, you just knew? No,
3: no, there's no, there's no really story behind it because I just never, like, racism became a trigger for me super early. Like I said, I was what the first week of second grade when 9 11 happened. And like, when I say I was getting in fights, I mean, it was always fighting over race. It was somebody saying some racist shit to me and I would fucking start fighting them. I'd snuff them right there. But like, it was like, it it was always such a trigger for me. So when I became aware of the word, it was never, that's not what I noticed about hip hop. You know what I mean? I was noticing the lyrics and the, the rhythm and how I connected to the music. So since that word, even the inception of it started from racism, it just never became a part of my vocabulary. And I think that's the problem that a lot of, like, I, I tell you, if any one of you guys stand in front of me, I would take you guys right there. I've done it fucking every time I meet a Punjabi person that talks like mm-hmm. that. Because it's like, it's not our word, you know what I mean? Yep. And it's not it's not something that should even become a part of your vocabulary, but it becomes that if you're around a bunch of people that are saying it and you're not aware of, or if you don't have any sensitivity triggers or something like that, that's how people... Just start talking like that, you know what I mean, and my thing was always, yo you're not gonna talk you're not gonna come to a battle rap event and talk like that. Yeah. so you know it's that's not how you're supposed to be talking, you know what I mean so like nah that there was never a conversation about that the The first time I remember being introduced to the word was in uh rush hour. Remember when Jackie Chan walks <laughs> yeah, in there, yeah. and I was like, uh, "Uh, I was like, what, what's that to my dad or something?" And he was like, "Oh, that's like a racist word," which is crazy. People need to talk about, I guess, the trauma that comes from being introduced to racism so young. You know what I mean? Because I already knew what racism was at that age. Mm-hmm. But like, I asked my dad, and he was like, "That's a racist term against black people." So, right, so he's then, the
1: one that pressed you,
0: I'm
3: just X'd out. <laughs> yeah, I guess right. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's pretty like mature of you though. That's like very mature of you to like never have like, cause even Nav was like, Nav used to use it, right? Like, Beaves in the Trap was the last time Nav ever, like, the main ball, like, the main chorus is him saying, using, utilizing the word. And he got really like, got a lot of backlash. At... And then from that point onwards, he's never reused it, but he never had like a ill intention. It was just like, that's yeah, just know, how he was that's... brought up.
3: But At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like, my my friends wouldn't have cared, but that doesn't mean that I could talk like that. Like, the world Mm -hmm. isn't your living room. You know what I mean? Like, and at the end of the day, it comes to respect, especially if you're doing something that is Black culture, like hip hop. All music in America is basically strived from Black culture. So you can't enter a culture and then disrespect it by trying to be it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One of the reasons my name is real sick is because, I'm one, I'm getting the elephant out of the room. I, yeah, I'm different. I'm sick. And two, I'm not trying to be somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, this is me. Like, I'm not... I'm proud of being sick. Everything that makes me up is just sicky and hip-hop. Yeah. Put that in a pot and that's me. You know what I mean? That's so, like... Dope. And I'm not even super religious, but it's just, like, the, the values and shit that were taught to me from that. But, like... Mm-hmm. I guess I was just so in tune with my identity so young, which is rare. Like I'm not saying. That's why like, I want to give you props people.
1: because I feel like I didn't even think about shit like that. Like the way you're thinking yeah. about it at early age on. So like it, it's, I think that's what Rinku is saying too. You know, that's like very, you're like ahead of the curve almost in a way, like because, at a young age. Yeah,
3: Cause I, I know most of the people that get used to saying that are ill intention, but it doesn't matter. Your intention doesn't matter at the end of the day. You know what I mean? like, it's 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 about just respect it's just a respect thing to me and respect was just I I I don't know why it was just so important to me young you know what I mean so like it was just never a line that I even thought about crossing like even the ways I memorized songs I would just psychologically change the word into Mm -hmm. something else so when I sing it along I'd say like bitch instead or something (laughs) you know what I mean or like you know, yeah. i say like, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or something like that to replace it just as a kid because it was just, I was never comfortable with it.
0: I just say slime for everything now. Yeah, Yo, yeah. I have two questions. One, when you're like going to the studio, this is like something I've always been curious about. Like, mm-hmm. is it always a beat comes first and then you put lyrics to it? Or is it you come with the lyrics? and then you find the beat that works with it? Or is it just constant flow, interchanging, like it's a case-by-case situation?
3: Well, I practice rap pretty much every day. So it's impossible to find, like, a new beat every day, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to end up having lyrics and bars that you haven't written to a beat, but you kind of have the idea to, and you might have put it in your phone or you have it in your head or whatever. So then the next beat that... You do here you kind of just end up forming it to that rhythm, yeah. you know what mm-hmm. I mean, but like when I was so like I just worked on this project um and I've been in the studio a lot so now when I'm making songs it, it it's more about finding the beat first, but you know if you're just doing like that's most of the time how it goes I'll find a beat first and then so the best quote I ever heard about like describing music was from Joe Budden. It was uh music is what feelings sound like, you know what I mean? So like, Fact. that's the best way I processed it. So like when you're writing to a song, the, the place a lot of people go wrong is like, you'll hear, you'll hear the song and the shit you're talking about or the way you're saying it is a complete opposite energy to what the song is. You know what I mean? Like you kind of have to just match the feeling that you get, when you hear the beat so yeah it's a, it's about hearing the music first for me
0: yeah what's your opinion about people that like rap off beat like blueface like
3: <laughs> well, well you could you could you could do it good like there's some like the whole detroit style of music now is offbeat on purpose but they know how to do it you know what I mean like it's it's dope as hell to, to hear how people do that but um anything I've heard from blueface I don't really bump you know what I mean like <laughs>
2: wait uh talking about songs how, i saw recently off of uh, jazzy b's new album you did a collaboration song at the end i think it was his last song right
3: yep blessing
2: yeah how did that happen and how, how that collaboration happened because he is the crown prince of bunga right at the other that
0: collab and the drake collab too we gotta go into that too yeah you know?
3: <laughs> yeah so we yeah we could go through all of. so okay so this kind of goes into so the, the the round that I did about the farmers' protest yeah. that went kind of viral, he ended up seeing it. So this is oh, like oh. March of 2021, right? And then in 2022, so it took a whole year, I think his manager might have reached out or something. Or no, he retweeted it. That's what was crazy about it. I think he retweeted it. and
2: You're talking about Jazzy B, right? Are Jazzy B, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: so then like a year later in like 2022, his manager ended up reaching out and was like, yo, we're going to be in New Jersey. Like, do you want to come out and, uh, just meet Jazzy Baji? That's how he talks about it. Right. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Of course it's Jazzy B. So I go there, I meet him. We talk a little bit and then he does his performance. Then he like shouts me out in the performance. He's like, you know, we got a battle rapper, real sick. Support him, whatever, whatever, right? That's dope. And we kind of, and he kind of just left after that, and I didn't get to like chop it up with him after. It was kind of just in and out, right? So then they reached out to me a couple months later and it was like, he was like, "Yo, I got this song, that's kind of on the same." Because we talked about like what we like showing about sickie and just Punjabi people is the strength in us. You is know, there what like I mean? a phone call ladder, with them.
1: Is it like a phone call with him or like, how does he, how do you guys like communicate? So,
3: so this is the first time I talked to him is in person. Oh, So we're backstage at his show and uh, we're just talking about that. Like I like showing the strength and Sikhi and and Punjabi people because a lot of the, you know, representation is a big thing and we don't really get represented in the strength ways a lot. It's kind of more so like, and even if we do, it's not even us doing it. You know what I mean? Like Bollywood loves writing movies about us and shit, but then when real shit goes down, they don't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we, like
2: we we talk about this a lot on our podcast about how
3: Yeah, so so that was one of the things that we talked about was like, yo, during the whole farmers protest, all the people that play sick people in their movies didn't say shit. You know what I mean? Even though it, it kinda affected six a lot, you know what I mean? Or like just come on up Kumar. Yeah, right. <laughs> like he's just sick in like how many movies, and he didn't sing his king
1: until yeah, is 2020. King,
3: the what was the other movie K3
1: that he did? Oh yeah, yeah. Like wait, when you were talking to Jazzy, was it like a Punjabi conversation, or was he speaking to you in English?
3: Like half and half, you know what I mean. So yeah, we talked about that. He leaves, and then like a month later, he calls me and he's like, "Yo, I got this song for this album. I'm doing the album's called Born Ready." Uh, so this is like July now. July of 2022, and he's like, or June of 2022, somewhere there. He's like, I need you to, I'm going to send you the beat. I need you to write uh, write to it. It's about, like, the strength of Punjabi people. This is the hook, and it's kind of political or whatever, and I was like, all right, cool. I kind of had a battle going on at the same time, so that was, like, the roughest week of my life. Like, the only, the only time I've had, like, a bad performance in battle rap was then, just because I was, like... There was like a whole bunch of shit going on. Like I didn't know about the battle till like the week before. And I'm working on, so I'm in the studio and I'm writing for a battle. And it's like the most stressful thing in the world. Like I did good, but I mean, to me, I think I could have done way better. But the Jazzy B thing, I prioritize because it's Jazzy B, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like I wrote my first verse and sent it over and then he was like, Give me more. Like, you could go longer. I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> like, I sent, him, like a, I sent him one verse, and then he was like, yo, you could keep going. Just speak this on your mind. Like I, was like, oh, I, And I really admired that about him. So now I got two verses on the song, which is dope as hell. He told me to do an intro and an outro. I was like, I, this is crazy. I'm like, and I didn't know it was real until, like, the album got announced and shit. Because I never really heard the final version of it. Until I actually I I thought it was real when Doctor Zeus fucking messaged me <laughs> he was like Yo what's your real name Can you write the lyrics out for me I was like Oh shit like that's dope because you know he has his fucking stranglehold on Punjabi music right now you know what I mean so that was crazy and then it was even more surreal I got to perform it with him in March. Uh, he brought me out to a show and didn't tell me he was bringing me on stage. <laughs> so I wasn't like, I was just dressed to like show up. And then he just tells the DJ, you'll put on divide and rule and hands me a mic. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, that
2: verse, the the verses on that song. I'm glad that you didn't like stray away from being political as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm glad that Jazzy B let you, like kind of let you do you.
3: I mean, it's it's very important. I think because I mean, even if you look at all the shit that's going on in Punjab right now, like people have just like twisted just regular common things that we used to talk about and made them like political talking points. Like even the word like Khalistani, like Khalistan was never a bad word, yeah. but they but they just assigned it as like a synonym to like terrorists now. And that's part of shit that the media will do you know what i mean they can take something that is just supposed to be a conversation now they'll make it a label so now anybody that like brings it up they're just like oh he's khalistani and then everything you say is invalid it's like you you don't even start a conversation like that like that's another reason i did the farmers protesting you know what i mean because the internet was getting shut over there i say it in my verse um it's a, a real sick versus mike p again it's on the url tv app or you could probably put, put it in on Twitter and find it, right? But yeah, like, the internet was shut. So I was talking about it, about how, like, it's affecting people and what's going on over there or whatever. You can't silence us. Like, politics has kind of always also been a part of, like, sikki Like, even the gurus were fighting against political oppression. Like, it's not, like, something that's, like, out of the ordinary for us. And I feel like part of representation is also speaking out for the shit that people might stay silent about you know what I mean whatever it might risk I mean that's not the only song I have it you know I have other songs where I'm talking about shit like that too I just did a song with my boy Nino Bless it's called Azad we named it that and he's he's Puerto Rican he didn't know what that meant but I was like <laughs> Is it, name it this but it's fire whenever that shit comes out and that's probably my favorite verse I've done about the shit going on over there like I, I don't feel I should ever not Talk about shit like that, like especially if I have like a long form project or something, you're gonna get something from me talking about that because it's part of my identity. You know what I
1: mean? Do you want to talk about battle rapping for Drake and meeting him in person? Like how that? How was that?
3: Yeah, that was like probably like the best weekend of my life, man. That that <laughs> not not only because of him and the, and I'll get to why. So um, this is September of 2021. Like I said, um, I had kind of been on a run. Um, I did. I main evented in March versus Mike P. Then I battled on NOME the Super Bowl, and for the first time in history, I made my opponent quit. Like the first time <laughs> in URL history.
2: Wait, that's a thing. What, like, what happens? Like, does he get so paid? Like, it was.
3: It was no. It was Body of the Year. Like that's what they <laughs> crowned At the end of the year, they do awards, and I, the award I got was Body of the Year for this battle. Um, and shout out to his name is Danny Myers. Shout out to Danny Myers. Uh, he's a warrior, but he was on. I think he was just like exhausted at that point because he was at like he was on this crazy. Look run, at him be bro.
1: humble now, bro.
3: <laughs> no, listen. No, but this is what happened <laughs> though. Like I'm telling you what happened. Like he 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 was on this crazy run. He was battling often and not losing a round. You know what I mean? He was on like a like a 15 round win streak. You know what I mean? And he's like undefeated and he had battled like the week before Gnome. You know what I mean? So like he's like he's on some crazy round streak. Right. Which is like hardest shit to do in battle rap. Like you could be on a battle winning streak, but Mm -hmm. being on a round streak is even more impressive. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he's just killing shit left and right. And I get him on Gnome. So there's all this pressure. It's the Super Bowl of battle rap. I'm seeing like Lloyd Banks and Joe Budden live tweeting what's going on. And, you know what I mean? Like all these celebrities are talking about, I think fabulous was talking about like all these big rappers are talking about shit. And that that's actually the first event that Drake came to as well. You know what I mean? So like all this pressure, right? I go first, he goes, he tries to rap the way I rap. Like uh, I'm known for rapping very rapidly and not like slipping up. You know what I mean? Like, People credit me for my presence and my breath control and shit like that. So I, so then he tries to do it, and then he fucks up, right? Like stumbles. Like there's a difference between rapping and stumbling over a word and like, oh, fuck, and then trying to go back into it. You know what I mean? So like he does that. And mind you, he's on a round streak, so he hasn't lost a round. And now he just, you know, if you stumble and choke, you you lost that round automatically, right? So he stumbles, and then he goes again, and then he chokes to where he's can't remember his next line. So then I go second round, go crazy. And then he raps for maybe 12 bars and chokes again. Right? So then my third round is super personal. You know what I mean? I'm talking about like him abandoning kids and all this other like crazy shit that is known like public knowledge in his battles, right? And then uh, they're like, I right, round three, is on you. And he's like, I'm not even gonna rap. Damn. <laughs> then, God damn! like that that shit i actually don't think i posted about it which was crazy but it was kind of like everywhere like yeah man that that was like a huge moment of 2021 in battle rap wait who you know determines
2: I mean? round winners also i don't think we discussed this like how how do you get judged
3: so so it's kind of it's kind of like it's not real judges unless you're in a tournament you know what i mean okay. everything else is kind of like the the the, the I guess the reason the conversation stays alive with battle rap is because it's a debate. It's always people saying, no, you know, your goal is to have a battle that's debatable because that gets talked about the most. If you just destroy somebody, it has to be like, like making somebody quit to really get talked about. Other than that, it's not a watchable thing. Like replay value is a big thing. So if you have a debatable with somebody, where half, half of the people are saying he won, half of the people are saying you won. Like, that's what you want. But again, it's all just conversation. It's not so, like...
1: So, yeah, so it doesn't really matter as much. Like, you use boxing as a reference. And, like, I'm, like, trying to think, you know, everyone wants, like, the 50-0 and 0 Floyd record, you know, where you're just, like, going off every time you're yeah. like, battling. But that's not really the case in battle rap, even though it is, you know, you are fighting someone. And I think having those, like, you know, notches on your belt do matter how much of it like does matter and how much of it is like just conversation piece like if that makes sense like how how much of it the weight is put on where you know this man's nice with it like every you know what you're gonna get with him and how much like does a loss affect that person?
3: The loss has to be clear for it to affect you. I see. If you lost the battle but you did good enough to where like you know people were entertained the whole way through and it has replay value and you're still being talked about, and you still had bars that were some of the bars of the night, you know what I mean? Like, then you did your job. So, like, the the loss is if you get bodied, you know what I mean? You have to get destroyed. That's when it affects you, you know what I mean? Or if you, like, choke, you know what I mean? And you forget your lines, and, you know, you have no response, or, like, you know what I mean? Or if you get, like, booed out the building for, like, fucking... A horrible bar that you said you know (laughs) something like that like like those kind of things put a stain on you
1: more so than you know so for that boy uh your boy i forget danny myers the one that you made yeah was was he the one
3: danny myers yeah yeah.
1: so is that like a stain on his like like not legacy but on his like career in a way that he didn't go off
3: like yeah yeah he has quitting on his record now You know what I mean? Nobody has ever really done that, especially on URL. Like, nobody has quit before. Like, you kind of just, even if you're getting, even if you're choking, you try. You know what I mean? But, like, each round got, I mean, he didn't even wrap the third. The second, he wrapped, like I said, 12 bars, which is 12 lines. That's, like, not even a minute. You know what I mean? And then he, like, so I didn't even get to take a break. Like, I finished my round. I took a couple sips of water. Then I had to go again. You know what I mean?
1: So him quitting, is that what like made you kind of stand out in that event? And that's how you got to like meet Drake or like how did this all combine to you? Like Yeah, like... so
3: so that actually so he kind of had like a eye on me after that, I think. Right. Then the next battle, I battled Arsenal. Now, Arsenal and Drake have traded shots because uh, Drake used to show up a lot to King of the Dots events. King of the Dot is a big league in Canada.
1: Yeah, th-
2: those are the events I've wa- I've watched the most because of the I know I I recognize the two hosts and I think that's all over YouTube and I think Drake shows up so it, they get more views on YouTube because Drake's there too. So,
3: right, right, right. Yeah, Drake. Uh, so he he's there a lot and I remember they had, like traded shots before or something like that. So I'm battling Arsenal and I, I I think I won pretty clear. The culture thought I won pretty clear, and he like texted Smack, who's the host, I was like, "Yo, this sick kid is crazy." You know what I mean? And um, he, like, showed me the text. <laughs> and I was like, yo, that's crazy. So then whenever he was doing a birthday event in October of 2021, um, I said it was September, but it's October. But I get the call in September, so I'll go to that. So his favorite battle rapper, or at least one of them, was this guy named Pat Stay. Rest in peace. He recently passed. Uh, we'll talk about his memorial event or whatever. But he was he was the only battle rapper that could, like, roast you out of building like he's one of the guys that I was talking about that like you know watch Pat Stay versus Averb his second round Averb had like a song where he admitted he got like molested by his babysitter or something right and Pat Stay turns brings it up like a sad thing and starts roasting him on it <laughs> it's like the funniest fucking round i've ever seen bro he's he battled like a transgender dude <laughs> like he he's a he's a he was one of a kind bro he's one of the most creative like minds i've ever seen
1: is that the one you just did in april right on in his like m- memory right the april yeah,
3: one it got it got released in april we did it uh, in february
1: yeah. I see, I see.
3: um but uh yeah he would just roast you out the fucking building right and he's like drake's favorite and i get the call like, yo, Drake wants to see you versus Pat Stay, And I was like, Drake wants to see it? And then they were like, yeah. I mean, he put this whole card together it's for his birthday, right? And um, Pat Stay is really cool with Nino Bless, who I said is, like, my best friend, right? Like, I got cool with him through rap, too. So we had, like, talked on the phone before, but not, like, directly. It was always through Nino. But we were just cool. Like, and he had this, like, Instagram thing where he would, like, interview people. And I was on an interview with him. I was a big fan of his. Like, I was influenced by his style. Anytime I've ever roasted somebody on stage, it's been, you know, inspired by something like that Pat did. And we're like, should we battle? Like, we never thought about battling each other because we were cool. But they were like, they said Drake wants to see it. And it's the most money both of us have ever gotten paid. You know what I mean? This was the first time I made five figures for a battle. So I was like, let's do it, bro. Fuck it. Right. So now, (laughs) I'm getting paid the most I ever got paid. You know, Drake chose me for a battle. I'm the only new guy on the card as well. Everybody else on the card was like vets that have been around for eight to ten years. You know what I mean? I'm the only guy that's a year in on that card. And then, um, yeah, we get to the venue. We kicked the event off. um, And we had a fucking amazing battle. So I met him. Okay, so let me go to the – I skipped over the weekend. Okay, so the day before we do the face-offs, right? And we find out they're doing two battles at Chris Brown's house, right? Because for some movie, um, I think it's called The Harder They Fall. It's on Netflix or something. Um, But they do two battles that I guess they use clips from. So everybody goes to Chris Brown's house, right? Now we're in Chris Brown's fucking backyard, right? (laughs) (laughs) So random, right? I was like, I, I had no idea this was happening. But we end up going to Chris Brown's house. We're in his backyard. A battle goes down. I go to introduce myself to him. And he just turns around. He's like, yo, sick, what up? Good, uh, I'm a fan of your shit or something like that. And I was like, I didn't even have to introduce myself to Chris Brown, bro. <laughs> like, that's fucking yeah. crazy. Like, he knew who I was at the time. And just that whole day was crazy. And then the next day, we get there. You know what I mean? Drake's, like, in the stand in the or in, like, a balcony or something like that, watching the battles. Uh, like I said, we had a great battle. And then I was, like, walking off stage when he was walking on. And that's when uh, my my girl just happened to have the camera out. You know what I mean? She, like, put the camera up, you know what I mean? And then uh, I was like, oh, did you miss the battle or something like that? And he was like, no, nah, I saw it. I was standing right up there. You guys killed it. Good shit. And then for the rest of the night, I ended up going to, like, where where he was, where he was sitting and stuff. But it was more so just, like, a acknowledge- I didn't get to, like, chop it up with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it was more so just like, you know, him bringing me into the VIP and he's like watching the battles, you know what I mean? So, and me, so it's me, Pat stage, Drake is there. We're watching battles. Like you, you can't really talk to somebody there, you know what I mean? So like, uh, but again, it was just all respect. And it was just that opportunity was amazing. You know what I mean? And, and he's really nice in person. (laughs) So like, I don't, I don't know what, uh, Like, people will ask me, they're like, oh, how how was this? How was this? And I was like, I only talked to him, like, quick. Like, I didn't get to, it was a great acknowledgement. It was dope, but I didn't get to, like. Yeah. And I was, like, chilling around him, but I wasn't, like, bothering him. Like, people are people at the end of the day. So I'm not, like, as crazy as it might be that, like, I hear Chris Brown every day or Drake every day, all of that. Like, as as crazy as that shit is it's still like you got to show people the respect of just being human. You know what I mean? Big facts. Uh, But another highlight, I got to meet Crooked Eye, who's like one of my biggest influences as a rapper. He's in Slaughterhouse, if you don't know. He's a fucking beast. And he knew who I was. Fucking Remy Ma was there. This little video went viral where she was like yelling at me because my Timbs were too tied. And like (laughs) she like fixed my Timbs for me. Such a New York thing to do. You know, what I mean that shit was hilarious. Like that weekend was just crazy, and then the next day we ended up going to Nas's Halloween party. So I met Nas the next day. So like that whole weekend was Holy fucking shit. yeah. How insane. does this feel?
1: Like not to cut you off, but like I guess like one question I want to like before we like kind of end this off is like from 2019 to right now, like yeah, th- w- what is that internal feeling like? Like to me, you know these rappers i've only seen one rapper in person that's like little baby and it was at an airport like this Mm -hmm. is the people i listen to on a regular day basis and then you know you're just like meeting on like you know on some casual shit for you like internally does it ever feel like a dream because i know you said from a very early age you wanted to be a rapper so you like not like i mean you you did manifest it like you wanted this so you created this but like as you're living through it does it feel like a dream or is it more so like Yeah, I guess. Does it feel like a dream to you, like, in a way? Like, you meet all these people that you admire, or do you even think of it like that? Or how do you, like, take it all in?
3: I mean, it's like, it's hard to reflect on it. That's something I learned, you know, three years in, is to take time out to reflect. So, like, my last, so, you know, we did the thing for Pat in February, but before that, my last um, battle was in December. And I've been chilling since then, you know what I mean? Because... You know, along with occupying myself with other shit I love about rap, like making music and shit, you have to take time out to reflect on what you've done because 2021 was the fastest year for me ever. Because of the thing that happens when you're getting popular in battle rap, it's such a niche thing, but it's broadcasted so like widely, I guess. Go like if I went to a club, the security watched battle rap and he knew who I was. So now I don't gotta wait in line anymore. Or we're walking in New York somewhere and I'm getting stopped for pictures every fucking four blocks. A random mm-hmm. fan runs up. Yo, are you real sick? Yo, can I have a picture? Like your life changes. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to reflect on it because the same thing with meeting all these rappers. And again, these people I'm battling, I've watched for years too. Mm-hmm. Like like I said, I'm influenced by Pat Day. Arsenal is in my top five of all time. You know what I mean? Like, I got to battle uh, K-Shine, who was in, like, my top five of all time. Just people knowing me, you know what I mean, and 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 talking to me by name is crazy. And the fact that they're saying, like, sick, you know what I mean? Like, they know – nobody knew who a, what a sick was when I was growing up. You know what I mean? So, like, that part is dope to me, too. But, like – Nah, it's 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 hard to kind of feel like a dream. It kind of just feels like I got more work to do. I think I'll get to that point of reflection when I get, when I feel more like, you know, I can I can chill for a little longer, I guess. I don't know if I explained that right. Like, you know, let's okay. say I have like music out that's popping and, you know, and battles out that's popping and, you know, start getting paid crazy and, more famous not not for those reasons but just for like those are marks of success yeah you know Check what points. i mean and some or it doesn't even have to be famous it could just be like i could go on tour you know what i mean around yeah. around the us and even if i'm selling out fucking 500 people venues or something you know what i mean but i could set up a tour and sell out these little venues and make a profit from it or something like something like that would be like Those moments, because like any moment that I had where I felt like, oh, shit, I made it like on Gnome when I when I got like a standout performance on Gnome. That was a moment. But then the next then I'm battling for Drake, you know what I mean? (laughs) And then (laughs) and then and then I'm on a song with Jazzy B like the moments keep fucking happening. So it's just me trying to stay in a zone, because sometimes if you reflect, you can either get a little too comfortable. And I experienced some of this, too. You get too comfortable. And you forget to, you know, keep your keep your eyes on the prize figuratively, right? Like to keep grinding. Sometimes you just get comfortable in your spot. You know what I mean? And that's that's the worst place for a
1: creative mind to be. So when you write your autobiography, you gotta come back, bro. And tell <laughs> us how it all feels.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'll figure it out. Well I mean, obviously it's surreal, but it's they're just moments that you, you know, you just have in your memory forever, but it's it's just like yeah, you you gotta you gotta I guess get to more of a point of your own version of success to kinda you know yeah, like I said yeah. reflect on it better but that's true.
2: Well I know I know you I know you have to go to the studio soon. We don't want to keep you too much longer, but uh we're just gonna do our last segment that we do every episode. It's songs of the yeah. we just go around real quick, just name a song you've been fucking with, and we usually add it to our playlist.
3: Does it have to be any genre? Any genre, be-
2: literally any genre, foreign language, anything. Whatever you've been fucking with. Yeah.
1: So. so, for like, for me, dude, like, since yesterday, we like had another like podcast, uh, like, we recorded another podcast, and I forget who said the line. It's like, there's demons in this dark liquor. But because of that, I've been listening Off the Grid by Kanye because Fabio said that shit, and that show's fire. So, Off the Grid by Kanye.
2: And I'll go next. Uh, I've been listening to Kodak Black's new album and uh, Snipers and Robbers. It's kind of on some chill shit. It's not like the name at all, but, it, <laughs> but it's, it's been real dope, and I've been. It's been on repeat this week. Harvey, you want to
0: go? Yeah, mine is uh, Down Bad by Hitmaker, Fabulous, Jeremiah. A little bit old, but that's just fire, yo. I've literally been getting into Fabulous again, yo. Fabulous got bars. Like, he's underrated.
1: The summer shootout, those tapes were fire.
0: He goes insane.
1: Yeah. Uh, your turn, bro.
0: <sighs> I'm trying to
3: think if there's, like, one that I specifically... Because I have this, like, gym playlist that I, like, add to every day. Uh, so I'm trying to, like, remember. Oh no, You know what? It's called – it's it's an Afrobeat kind of vibe. It's by this guy named Byron Messiah, and it's called Taliban's. Taliban? <laughs> yeah. Right. We'll check it out. <laughs> this shit is fire. It's like Song of the Summer out here. Well, you guys are in Philly, so you guys will probably hear it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Also, uh, last thing you want to plug anything, uh, yourself, any social medias, any events you got code going on.
3: Yeah. Um, so now I'm kind of just doing battles that like, you know, I want to do. So I'm a, you know, this whole first half of the year I was working on a musical project that I'll, you know, hopefully have more announcements for soon. It's in the final stages. Um, so yeah, I'm like back outside for battles now on I battle since I've been gone. Um, Throughout all these URL battles, I've stopped by at iBattle. That's the league, you know, where Lex kind of developed me. And I've, I still go to events because, I, you know, I never forgot where I came from and show love. But I haven't battled there for three rounds since 2019. You know what I mean? So I'm going back July 29th. It's in Staten Island. Um, me versus this guy named Homeschool who's like been since I left became like the guy school him. You know what I mean? Uh, exactly. Yes, sir. So man. I have to, you know, that means a lot to me because I have so much love for I battle and he's incredible. You know what I mean? He's a creative as fuck. But I you know I'm really inspired for that battle. You said July 29th, right? Yeah, July 29th.
2: Staten Island. Staten Island. Show. Yeah we might pull, pull up bro yeah, come through.
3: <laughs> come through. Come through. And then uh they just announced today actually I'm going back to London November 19th, I'm battling this guy named Kojay on the same league that I was on in 2019. uh, Shoddy Horrors League. Shoddy Horror is like the most famous guy, battle rapper from London, right? And then other than that, in between, you know, July and November, I'm probably going to have some URL battles in there. Um, Other than that, a lot of music is going to come for me this year. I I think I'm actually dropping a, a video this week, but it's just a freestyle. Uh, that I was doing for somebody, but yeah, it's gonna start with a couple you know freestyles and stuff and songs, and you know there's a there's a big production behind everything I got coming, which is really exciting and then uh real sick ninety nine on Twitter, Instagram, and um on YouTube, I think it's the same thing. I haven't really been active on YouTube, but I will be soon, so just look for real
1: sick on YouTube, I'll pop up. <laughs> yeah thank you bro thank you for coming on like kind of showing your unique life bro because like you're the first Punjabi battle rapper that I've met I can say that for sure yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. thank you you know sh- for taking time out of your day and kind of you know talking more about like yourself as well what you're about and how that kind of influences the raps you create and the image you want to create and the legacy you want to create so it's beautiful right. to see you know other Punjabi people like us doing something unique and reaching successes where you know the masses know who the fuck we are so thank you for mm-hmm. putting all of us on in the different you know light so appreciate yeah. it yeah
3: thanks for having me oh you guys this was fun Uh, and yeah I'll uh, come through to the 29th event if you could yeah. Yes, sir. yeah or I'll probably see you guys around Philly or something yeah. you know what I mean we'll <laughs> exchange yeah. we'll, we'll
1: yeah, like numbers yeah Cave, you got his number
0: yeah one. let's yeah. go out for sure sometime
1: okay yeah, yeah yeah let me know
0: we're always out there like yeah it's easy hour and a half drive <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 let me know for sure yeah
1: this has been another episode of brown boy chronicles we'll see y'all next time
0: peace
1: thank you for watching
2: the brown boy chronicles we appreciate all the support you guys give us all of our episodes can be found on every streaming platform if you guys want to follow us on any social media it can be found in the episode description also if you guys have any business inquiries please feel free to email us at brownboychronicles one at gmail.com thank you